Hi, Dad. Hi, Celine. Did you know that you and I are about the same age if you count time living in the world? What do you mean? Well, as you know, I left a high-control religious group around the time you were born. So you're in your 20s then? <laughs> well, maybe in my head. The thing is, though, because I had all of my beliefs about morals, science, politics, religion, philosophy provided for me, I spent the last 25 years trying to work out what I should think about a whole bunch of stuff and work out what's going on. No one knows what's going on, Dad. <laughs> well, I think it's about time we did. What Should I Think About is a podcast that sets off on a lofty goal to make sense of the complicated, contradictory, confusing but wonderful thing we call the world. Hello and welcome to the What Should I Think About podcast. I'm Celine. And I'm Stephen. So, today... I'm going to talk about one of our favourite movies. We are, but um, kind of the Matrix as metaphor is, mm-hmm. I think, what I'd like to call it. Um mm. Because it's uh, it, it's one of those things that keeps cropping up over and over again. Um, it's it's um, big big fans of it in uh, the cult life group. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, lots of XJW uh, community talk about it. Um, Camilla talked about it in her yeah. interview with, or our interview with her. Um, Camilla did in it. If you've not heard that interview, by the way. You've got to listen to that. It's a brilliant interview. Um, she's so good. Mm-hmm. Sort of learned a lot about the film. Um, but yeah, that was a big favourite for hers. And she even quoted, I think, a couple of the, the lines from it. But it is one of those that comes up over and over again. When I asked for people to give me metaphors about what it was like to leave the Jehovah's Witnesses or whatever group, um, The Matrix came up more than once. So it clearly is very important to a lot of us who have come out of a um, a high control group. So, Celine, why do you think that is? Um, because it's about control, isn't it? That's literally one of the lines mm, I think in yeah. the film. It's about control. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's about you know the world that's been pulled over your eyes. There's another line. So. <laughs> Yeah, all of this, um, you know, a world that you thought was. So, you know, how we said that, you know, when you're a witness and you think everybody's evil and that worldly people are bad, Mm. then you leave and it turns out that they're not having sex parties and like just being outrageous and awful. They're actually just normal people. (laughs) Not all the time. Mm. Um, Yeah. On the weekends. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's right. And um, I suppose we would say up front, that we're going to talk a lot about The Matrix. And if you don't, A, you don't like that film, or B, for some bizarre reason, you've never seen it and you want to watch it. You know, it's obviously, on Netflix. It's on Netflix now. All three of them are on Netflix. Off you um, go. So, yeah, <laughs> check it out first. If, if you've you really got, don't um, If you're in England, it's on our, It's in English Netflix. And if mm. not, just um, guess, like, um, one of those... Uh, It'll be on Amazon Prime or Well, you can get it on, something. you know, when you have stuff like Surfshark where it, Put, hide your IP address and anyone can watch it anywhere. Well, yeah, you can use a, a VPN, so yes, absolutely. Yes, anyway, that's the word. it's easy to get hold of. Um, and um, I think most most people who listen to this podcast will probably have seen it. If you're not and you don't it's want to watch it, that's cool. Gem. Stay, no, it's a, you know. no, it's a cinematic gem and you must. <laughs> You've got to watch it. It's a required um, watch. <laughs> 
Um, right. So yes, you're right. It has themes of control and also themes of reality, uh, not being sure what the truth is. Mm. Um, and a lot of the lines just seem to kind of bang straight into the language that I think Jehovah's Witnesses or ex-Jehovah's Witnesses mm-hmm. remember. Um, so I think it has lots of resonance. But I think what's interesting about The Matrix, though, is that because of the type of film it is, and it, it's brilliantly written, I think, um, you can project onto it lots and lots of things, really. It's easily um, allegor- allegorical. Absolutely. It's um, And it, it the person can really, whoever's watching it, can interpret it in many ways. And in, in some respects, you know, it's almost like a a piece of writing that, you know, perhaps mm-hmm. the faithful would put onto it their interpretation. You can almost interpret it in any way you want to. Um, and you could imagine people doing that. As I was watching it, so I watched it again last night um, for research. Mm. And, um, yeah, I thought, you know, in a way you could almost use this like a holy book. You could actually um, take passages from it and take little bits and say, well, this means this and this means that. Um, and people do that with films, don't they? I think, you know, there's certain films that people do that all the time. Um, but and the, the Matrix obvious, invites itself to be pulled it does. apart, like in a fun it way. It's not hmm. like in a annoying plot hole way, like mum hates um cinema sins dinging away because oh, dad yeah. sits there like binging it it's not like in that kind of pull it apart it's in a oh, fun no. we're all engaging with it. it's a shared experience and i think i think writing. it's much more serious isn't it people want to really um interpret it in lots of different ways so in many ways it's like when i started to really get into stanley kubrick films there's mm-hmm. loads of stuff on the internet about what this means and what that means especially the shining you know there's all sorts of so-called experts kind of picking it at pieces and looking at what's on the back wall there you know this denotes that and this is a a symbol for this you know and but and that's because he did do all of it with purpose though maybe he did maybe he didn't you know no no he um, did do you not remember when we went to the exhibition and it told us yeah, why he did everything <laughs> some of those things but i'm not sure i think you know it's easy to take it even further and the, here's the bizarre thing Mm. And we are going to get onto the Matrix, you know, we promise you. Um, mm. But when uh, when we made our film Dissonance and we were obviously quite inexperienced in making mm-hmm. films, therefore when we, when we did camera shots and stuff, we didn't always check what was behind the person. So on some of the scenes, it's like strange pictures of mm-hmm. people on the walls and stuff. And when I was editing it afterwards, it's so hard not to see that and think, oh, yeah, that means this or that could mean mm. that, you know. Mm. Even though I know we didn't think about that, you no, can yeah, read sure. into things much more than is actually there. Mm. Um, and that's that's part of the art, isn't it? And that's that's one of the wonderful things about art. Mm. Um, so, yeah, um, I think the other thing I just wanted to say before we started is um, is how much fun you can have with The Matrix if somebody's watching it and perhaps are not particularly kind of up to speed with sci-fi tropes and stuff. Mm-hmm. So you, you know, can it's play coming, Matrix, so. no Matrix, and mainly <laughs> it's fun to play with Mum, and hope that some you have someone like Mum in your lives where you can turn to them and go Matrix or no Matrix. At any moment, just play this with somebody that 
you know, isn't necessarily a fave with it. So at any moment, just say, right, this scene, Matrix or no Matrix. Um, and it's, for some reason, pathetically hilarious, I find. It's quite funny. <laughs> Actually, she's good at it now. She's um, It's not much fun anymore. Cause, uh, yeah, she really, knows what's Matrix and not Matrix now. now. So no yeah. Now. You know, what does give it away in a movie sense not in mm. like you should just know not because of this right yeah. <laughs> um but what's cool is when you're Color. in the matrix yeah it's green the mm. color grading is green hued mm. and then when it's right. normal it's this sad gray yeah, um, right. like desaturated but yeah when yes. you're in the matrix it's green color graded which is cool yeah and everybody looks, code, green everybody code. looks cool as well don't they, they look yeah yeah they look fancy well they look cool in the fact that that's what was cool in the early well yes uh, in in the in the 90s if you walk around town like that now (laughs) people look at you strangely that is true all right so shall we just go through some of the scenes um wasted eight minutes already just um it's not it was was they've all enjoyed it haven't they was that good okay yeah (laughs) Excellent. So it kind of starts with, uh, we're not going to go through every scene, obviously, but we're, we'll just kind of go through the film a little bit and we'll pick up some of the things. So um, obviously you've got this action stuff at the beginning, which we, it wouldn't, it doesn't make much sense to you um, initially. Um, I suppose the other thing to say is that the Matrix is, it's a, there's lots of depth to it. There's lots of things you can talk about and you can go into it, but it's also an action film. It's so good if you shooty, like, fighty. If you like footy, footy. If you like shooty, <laughs> fighty fun. It just sounds like you're a posh snob going and you can't say footy. You're like footy. <laughs> if you like footy. If you mm. like good shouty, footy. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> shooty fun. Somehow I've got to edit that. Um, if you like that sort of thing, then then you'll love it as well. So it is, mm. it, and it has some of my favourite fights. If scenes, you like Yip Man, you'll like this. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's like, good. yeah, you... I've no idea what that meant. Um, I'm just going to move on, and uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so that's great. But we kind of get into we meet Neo in the sort of initial phase where he's just a sort of ordinary guy, he's a bit of a um, he doesn't seem to have much of a social life, he's got a software job, he, he's a software engineer. Um, but he's obviously got this other kind of hacker alias that he calls himself Neo mm. and he his computer kind of talks to him or it, it, it messages him, which is the first time he starts to get a bit confused about whether he's actually dreaming or whether he's, he's uh, you know, whether that was the real thing. And then he gets a knock on the door and there's this guy there called Troy um, and he wants some stuff from him. He's got some sort of software stuff obviously it's all it's all illegal um hacking stuff um but i think the reason i'm going on about this bit is because this is another part of the symbolism this is another part of the uh, of all of this because he he calls him troy calls him hey man you're my original jesus christ so Mm. straight away the film is telling you that this character is a kind of messianic figure Mm. and that is actually one of the parallel themes throughout the film that perhaps we you know i think gets missed although it's really obvious it just because everybody focuses on the the red pill blue pill thing you forget that there's a big sort of messianic sort of well he's the one story he's the one exactly um 
There's also other references. The the white rabbit comes out at this point where he's told to follow the white rabbit. Alice in Wonderland. Alice in Wonderland. There's lots of references to Alice in Wonderland. Mm. Um, so what's that telling us? Well, you're about to fall. Well, that it's kind of a reverse Alice in Wonderland in that he falls down the rabbit hole into reality, whereas in Alice yeah. in Wonderland, she falls down the rabbit hole into... <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. Not reality. <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah. like so it's a, it's a waking up rather than going to sleep. So obviously mm. in Alice in Wonderland she's she falls asleep and fall and drifts into a into a dream. Mm. Um, um But there's still yeah. that not knowing whether you're in a dream or <laughs> Yeah, awake. you can never so truly you... know. Mm, that's right. Yeah, so we've got Neo who's the one, um he's this this messa- messianic creature, messianic figure rather and mm-hmm. um, we've got trinity mm-hmm. obviously a religious reference mm-hmm. um we've also got morpheus who is you'll know about morpheus from mm-hmm. tales of ovid he's yeah a, yeah he's a creature that appears in people's dreams mm-hmm. um so it's it's almost like they throw the kitchen sink at this so you know mm-hmm. it's like you know are they thinking about all these layers or are they just chucking in so much that you're kind of I don't know because I think because obviously he goes by um Neo but is he is that his actual name that's he's his mis- no, he's Mr. Anderson his, yeah but, and Neo is his alias they say yes. goes by the alias Neo so we don't mm. actually know what his first name is in the world do we because his real he name goes- is Thomas Anderson Thomas in, Anderson, yeah, is that what it is? Yeah. So, he, but he's Neo the alias. So maybe, mm. and that's how he goes from that point on. Once he wakes up, he goes by his alias, his chosen alias name. Yeah, well, that's his hacker name, isn't it? So yeah. As so a, maybe as a Trinity mm. and Trinity was a hacker as well, because they. That's cause, right. So maybe she was going by the tr- the hacker name Trinity. Mm. And, oh yeah, that's it. So like you know, I guess in the sense that if you had chosen names, you may as well choose ones with meanings. Yeah. Um, which is cool considering uh, yeah. it's like this idea of like yeah you you know something that's not quite right it's itching at you, right. da, da, da. Yeah, so you maybe yeah uh, maybe what... subconsciously they're choosing something yeah mm. so when i um so the next thing i wanted to say about this is um by the way this comes at around 11 minutes um of the film and the way when i first started to watch the film um i'd left the Jehovah's Witnesses organization. Yeah, you don't watch oh, this in the Jehovah's Witnesses. No, well, I didn't. It was a bit too violent, really. Mm. Um, very violent, obviously. It was violent and shooty and mm. sweary and everything they don't like. Yeah, there's not a lot of language in it, actually. It's mm. mostly just lots of shooting. Mm. Um, but I, the way I interpreted it in the early days of watching it, after I just left Jehovah's Witnesses, was I just saw it as a kind of... Um, nerd's wet dream that's mm. how i saw it because i i, I you know that you've got this scene with trinity when he meets her in the first place when he goes down the, when he follows the white rabbit and mm. he goes to this club and trinity's there and she reveals herself to be the hacker and um, you know he's surprised because he thought it was a guy um, they always do and she is <laughs> yeah exactly mm. um but then she says please just listen I know why you're here, Neo. Mm-hmm. I know what you've been doing. I know why you hardly sleep and why night after night you sit at your computer. So this sounds to me like um, mm. 
you know, nerd who's been told constantly that he doesn't live his life properly. He sits at his computer all day and he's not doing anything with his life. And it's like, imagine if you were that nerd um, thinking to yourself, your your fantasy would be that actually now you are mm. the one saviour and this beautiful woman is going to be in your life and tell you this. Mm. And I just saw it as that. And I still think there's a there's a reading of this film that is is that. And that's... Mm-hmm. I think very attractive to a certain group of, of men particularly, mm. which is why I think in, in the, certainly in the early days, it had a massive male following and it's been used um, as a, a metaphor for a particular type of philosophy, if you like, or politics called the red pill. Mm. Um, so I think there's, it's almost like they were really attracting that, that kind of feeling that you know actually you know you are a success you can you are good you know you are a hero even if you do just sit at your desk on your computer all day Mm. um that was kind of that was something I thought I've always thought about really yeah I think you know what it is more to me I think it's just reflective of when it was made in that it's in Mm. the 90s when all this tech is very new and exciting even though, like now it looks kind of hilarious with the flip phone and the, like you know the, the green the green yeah yeah like do you know what i mean but it was all very exciting then and like yeah. you know new and well, I it think was it's... but there was this subculture of the hacker who was not well thought of you know there there was a lot of suspicion i think there still is to mm. some degree but a lot of suspicion of the hacker um mm-hmm. these people that could do all these clever things with computers you know it's like this mysterious language they could speak and mm. um but they they were ill poorly dressed and they ate crisps um sat at their computer not crisps you know. <laughs> um yeah so like <laughs> but you know what i mean like it doesn't necessarily have to be like did it yeah i think it doesn't necessarily have to come from like a when we make the nerd the hero like it might have just been like a yeah this is just representative of the time in that maybe. this was like very like in the epoch at the time maybe i'm gonna i'm gonna um agree to disagree on that i think mm. i think the film was made at least in part for that demographic mm. i think that's what they were aiming for and i think they found them mm-hmm. um, but anyway you know we can disagree about that that's cool mm. um at 1209 i've written down <laughs> window cleaners <laughs> yeah good spirits <laughs> yeah it's like window cleaners and um, but they're making that squeaky noise on the windows that you never do that when you're window cleaning no as but a, sound as design. a former window cleaner you do not hear squeaky 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 window cleaning window cleaning it doesn't it doesn't happen disappointing um, it's called folio i think <laughs> Uh, yeah um so he has that little he gets that little speech doesn't he from his boss um Mm. about being at his desk on time and he's got a choice you know Mm -hmm. uh, either be part of a whole or basically you've got no job Mm. so there's a kind of social thing there you know either either toe the line be part of the machine the corporate machine or Mm -hmm. you know you're finished yeah um, which is quite interesting. Yeah, I don't necessarily like the thing is because obviously, I don't. I don't necessarily like. I don't. No one spends time thinking about that character and being like, "Oh, he is a bad character," because he he's just trying to do his job as well, isn't he? I, I yeah, doubt absolutely. that he owns the company. He's just probably some guy 
it's my I think machine. he represents the machine. I think he represents yeah, yeah. the. It's not really about him individually. He is mm. the machine. He's the yeah, yeah. Um, the corporate machine, mm. which again is part of this control. So what we learn later, obviously, is that this is all part of a computer simulation. But um, it's even before we learn that he he still represents this um, this corporate control mm-hmm. that I think we're all feeling. We all felt at the time, and we probably still do yeah. feel. It was during um, office squares. What are they called? Offices aren't don't look like they did then. Yeah, they had. Well, they were open plan, but they had these um, partitions. Little boxes. I can't, I can't remember what they're called now, but yes. Yeah, that's but right. they don't look like that anymore. But that was when it was very like, yeah, everyone mm. get in your little box and yes, exactly. do your thing. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And then you've got Morpheus um, calling. Well, he, he, he delivers that phone, doesn't he? Mm. And. Um, it pops open. I remember those phones. You know, they mm. actually did exist, and people did want them. There was a guy at work who who got one. Absolutely brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get that wonderful sort of dialogue between Morpheus and Neo, where man, Morpheus is like in this godlike position, isn't he? Where he, mm. he can tell him where to go and what to do, and mm-hmm. um, so being omnipotent. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, Morpheus is a character that, as we said, appears in dreams and sort mm-hmm. of guides people. So I think that's quite relevant. Mm-hmm. And he said, "I can guide you, but you must do exactly as I say." Mm. Um, and then he asked which, him to do something ridiculous. So. Yeah, that's right. Climb on the sh- on the window ledge, and yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I've got agents equals elders here. So this is the first time mm-hmm. that I've really started to think now about the control that Jehovah's Witnesses have over people. So I think, yes, the the, the main theme of this is about control and tyranny mm-hmm. and freeing yourself from that control and tyranny, isn't it? Which yeah. is why you can project lots of things onto it. Mm-hmm. So if we think about it from a, an XJW reading, you've got this tyranny of a belief system that is um, controlled essentially by elders. And I think the, the um, elders can be or the agents can be represented really nicely by the elders or vice versa Mm. i can't remember what i said the agents are the elders in this little allegory i think in our reading of it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um i think that works quite well yeah and the way that they're keeping people in line and so on Mm. you've even got a little meeting like a kind of judicial committee there haven't you what with morpheus Um, no, with um, the agent, Agent Smith, two oh, other guys, I think. Yeah, when um, Neo gets first taken. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought you meant it at the end then. No, which is, this is one of my favourite scenes um, where, you know, Neo is not going to be strong-armed. Mm. You, know, you can't scare me with this Gestapo crap, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, how about I give you the finger and you mm-hmm. give me my phone call? Mm. Um which always makes me laugh. And the little, hmm, that Agent yeah. Smith does. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's also melodramatically done. You know, he just moves the, when he's saying, you know, I can just push this to one side. And he literally does push the file to one side. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess, like, really... elders-wise, it's, yeah, like, be repentant or... Yeah, absolutely. Or bad, bad times. And And basically, he's being accused of leading a double life. Mm. He's, Which again, he's a Nemo. <laughs> Neo is a Pimo. Yeah. That's yeah, Neo is a Pimo. Our new merch. 
But yes, he basically says that because he says, you know, you're leading two lives. One life is as a software engineer, you help your landlady out with the garbage. And this other life is, mm-hmm. you know, you've broken all the laws. Mm-hmm. So yes, he's leading a double life. And this is something that um, the gatekeepers of control obviously want to stop. They want you to yeah. toe the line. And obviously so they're annoyed because they know about other dissidents like that's right. morpheus getting in contact with them exactly so there's an apostasy element here as well if mm-hmm. we want to i mean I, i'm quite happy to kind of stretch this metaphor metaphor until it breaks really mm-hmm. um i obviously know that the wachowskis didn't write this with jehovah's witnesses or xjw's in that's mind that's what death of the author's for this is death of the author exactly which is interesting because um there is a little uh, I'll put it. I'll put the link on the show notes. But there's a little interview with Lily Wachowski, um, who it's really nice to see actually because they've always been really quiet. You know, it's been really hard to sort of get anything from mm-hmm. them about their films. But um, she does a, a little interview, which is a kind of Netflix special thing. But you can see it on YouTube where she talks about it. And um, yeah, she makes this point that once you let a film go, obviously it. it it has a life of its own and mm-hmm. people will um, interpret it in lots of different ways, which is mm-hmm. quite interesting. Um, but she has her own interpretation for it, which I'll, I'll talk about a bit later. Um, yeah. And then there's this kind of scene where um, he's been bugged, hasn't he? So they're in the car and they're, mm-hmm. they're, he's, he doesn't want to be messed about. Again, he's got this rebellious streak. He doesn't want to be told what to do. Um, even by these people who he doesn't really know. But she says, you know, because um, he's, he's going to walk, he's going to walk down the street. And she says, He, he wants to be petulant. <laughs> he does. And she says, You've been down there, Neo. You know where that leads. And mm. again, you could liken that to that moment where, you know, that you think you want to leave the organization, but it still has an attraction to you because mm-hmm. you. It's, a, it's it's what you know, you know, and it's it's familiar and it's it feels less dangerous, really. So you, you know, you think, well, do I really want to do that? And I think for lots of people, there are times when you actually pull back from that. Mm-hmm. Probably everybody we've spoken to, I think, so far has had periods where they've had severe doubts about the, their beliefs and the organization they're in, but have pulled back. And it's not the first time. By the time they go out, it's definitely not the first or only time they've made efforts so i think that's quite again that's that's it's quite nicely people it? don't do things on a whim or just then and that it seems to always take a long journey yeah exactly yeah beliefs um, often don't shatter in the one evening do they absolutely so he gets he gets led to meet morpheus which again is a wonderful scene um get very melodramatic with the thunder and lightning you know, Morpheus is stood there with his bizarre mm. leather trench coat. Yeah. And his glasses, sunglasses on in the house. Mm-hmm. Why do you do that? Oh, wait. Well, they do that, don't they, from then on, really. <laughs> when they're in the Matrix, yeah. Mm. Um, and they have a little conversation, actually. It's quite interesting. Can you remember that conversation about, you know, do you believe in fate and all that? I know exactly what you mean. Uh, Yeah, so he's like, basically, he's like, what is the Matrix? Because, yeah, he's heard of this word. Then he's like, "Mm, 
it's the world that's been pulled over your eyes. It's this. It's like it gives a bunch of metaphors. That's right. Um, and it's like conspiracy talk. Absolutely. But, yeah, and then it's like, and I, I can't tell you. You need to see it for yourself. That's right. Yeah. I can um, show you the door. You have that's to. That's right. Through you it. have to walk through it. Yeah. And and he says this lovely uh, phrase: "You're here because." You know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life, that there's something wrong with the world. You Mm. don't know what it is, but it's there like a splinter in your mind, driving you mad. Mm -hmm. It's this feeling that's brought you to me. And I think that that resonates really heavily with ex-Jehovah's Witnesses, Mm -hmm. or I guess anybody that's been in a cult. Mm. or high control group or fringe kind of belief system that is kind of wacky and crazy mm-hmm. you know there's something about that reality that you've been taught that just feels wrong it's like a splinter in your mind it just feels that did Noah really get all those animals in you know did did Noah really get all those animals in <laughs> did you really you know did um did Eve really eat of the fruit? And was there really a talking serpent? You know, these are the when things that When you say it like that, you. it's so funny. <laughs> like, imagining you sitting somewhere, like, having yeah. a pint. Like, did Eve really eat the fruit? And it's like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Know that it's wrong, really. And mm. I think that is what... Part, I mean, for me, it was. I know it's not everybody's experience. Some people leave because of um, other issues, like relationship issues or... They see some behaviour that, you know, tells them this. How can this be the truth? But, I think a lot of people have said like the Royal Commission, the Australian Royal Commission, has right, yeah, triggered it. Yeah. But then the belief, yeah. Well, you wonder how much it's like. Yeah, people do have these splinters in their minds, and then there's mm. like a final crack yeah. that finishes it off. But that itself can be the splinter, can't it? You know, I've, yeah, I've seen yeah. all this behaviour that doesn't look very Christian, doesn't seem very much like what Jesus would do. You know, according mm. to the Bible and. Mm. Is that right? But you just you just put it away. But it is still there. It's like that splinter in your mind. I think mm-hmm. it's that's really interesting. Um, again, you've got this Alice in Wonderland reference at this point. Um, but yeah, that's that's. Let's a see really how far the rabbit hole goes. Indeed, yes. And this, is, of course, is the red pill, blue pill moment, isn't it? It is indeed. So. It, I always forget what colour actually the oh, truth okay. is at this point. So, um, blue is, is pill, it, you forget. Blue pill is you, f- you forget, you just go and back. Red pill is the truth. Mm. That's right. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, when it's like, it's just so like, well, he obviously picks the one that makes you know, because obviously the yes. film just ends there. So I don't, I, I just forget about the pill colour, to be honest. It's a horse pill, isn't it? They're huge, big jelly giant <laughs> bean. They are. And the other thing that I always think when, when you, Obviously, I know that it's it's done for effect, but when you see the different colour pills in the sunglasses, reflected mm. sunglasses of Morpheus, you know, one eye, you can see the blue pill, the other mm. eye, you can see the red pill. That isn't how it would be, would it? No, we're but... not going to go into physics of sunglasses. But that's <laughs> aesthetics and it looks good. <laughs> it does look good. Um, but that is, the, that is the moment of truth. This is the moment where he has to make a decision. You know, does he want to accept 
the lie? Does he want to just just um, push push down those doubts and those that splinter? Does he want to smooth it and just mm. wake up in his bed and just be part of the matrix when he pays his taxes, when he whatever he does? Um, or does he want to risk the consequences of finding out the truth? And I think it does feel a bit like that as a Jehovah's Witness when you are making that decision to leave. It is that scary. Mm. Because like Neo, who couldn't possibly really know what, and in fact, Morpheus doesn't even try to explain to him what he's getting himself into. He doesn't offer him anything. Mm. He says, all I'm offering is the truth. Um, it's not quite like that, I think, when you leave. You've got a little bit of understanding of what the world is like, but it's not very much because you've been so poisoned or the well has been so poisoned that it's very difficult to really understand what it, what life will be like on the outside. So you are taking a leap in many respects, I think. So I think that is another reason why it um, it resonates so much. Um, another one of the little monologues uh, with Morpheus. He says, you're a slave born into bondage, a prison that you can't smell or touch or taste. Mm, so for um, the born-ins, yeah. Exactly, yeah. A prison for your mind. Yeah. Absolutely. Thought and again, that, that resonance resonates so much. Yeah, yeah, thought control. Absolutely. Absolutely, thought control, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so um, he has the trace program. Cool little bit of special effects with the mirror and mm-hmm. then the thing going down his throat. I think it's and... cool that it's his, that it's a mirror because it's like, yeah, his sense of self and reality is about to be shattered. So having him become yeah. like merged with a mirror is kind of cool. It is. And isn't that, that's another Alice in Wonderland um, reference, isn't it? I think. Don't know it's through it the is. looking glass, yeah. Well, oh yeah, well yeah, that's the next one. I've, I've oh, only okay. read the first book. There is Alice's Adventures in Wonderland, and then there's the next uh, book, which is through glass. the looking glass. I do not know this. Okay. <laughs> we only did one one book in in a uh, in explorations in literature, and I didn't care to read the next one. <laughs> what a good English student! <laughs> cool. Obviously, you're inquisitiveness wasn't tweaked on that one um and then yeah there's this um this kind of very violent um separation from his life in mm-hmm. in this this vat he this gets yanked vat. out of the goo yeah <laughs> he does um you it's nice that the they... goo. you remember that and it was like get your own back and you dunk people in the goo like if you win you get to dump it's like oh, he's oh. going in the goo i do um, I thought it was quite nice that the the uh, machines made sure he had some sort of nappy on so we didn't have to see his bits. Well, I think so they just... Does nice. he have a nappy on? I thought they just used the claw to tactfully pick Hide him up his by his... No, like, I think he had something on there. Um, but it was very brutal. Mm. And, yeah, I guess, again, that, you know, if you want to... Leaving is hard. Leaving is hard. Leaving is brutal. It is mm. hard and there are times that it is very painful, yeah. But he comes out of it like a cool dude with sunglasses, so it's all fine in the end. <laughs> um, what What are those few words that, that Neo says to him when he opens his eyes? Neo says to him, or do you, do you yeah, mean... Yeah, uh, sorry. Morpheus. Morpheus. Um, 
He's basically he just looks sad because he's just only seen cool Morpheus and now he sees like tatty Morpheus and he's basically like <laughs> saws about it. <laughs> yeah, but he says, "Welcome to the real world." Yeah, yeah. Welcome to the real world, um, which I think is is brilliant. And that is again when you come out of mm. of an organisation that has told you a reality um that had all sorts of strangeness to it and all these things that didn't make sense and then you you know you do open your eyes and yeah you now can see the real world for what it is and yes it's not all great there's lots of bad things in the world but it's not all bad either um but it is the real world so i think that's great that's a great line welcome to the real world um one of the when we talked about this on twitter somebody has a Twitter handle called Unplugged. And they said, mm-hmm. yeah, that's the reason for my Twitter handle. Yeah, of course yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, we kind of get to meet the characters and I jotted them down because it's strange. I've watched this film, oh, must be over 20 times and I mm-hmm. still don't necessarily remember them all. So there's, well, there's Mouse. There's Mouse, that's right. And there's like the the homegrown boys. <laughs> Yeah, so we've got Tank. And Dozer. And Dozer, that's it, yeah. Mouse, Tank and Dozer and, like, Blonde Lady. Yeah, um, now she, she's called Switch. Switch, yeah. Um, and I understand, um, so so I'm told, that Switch was a character that was going to play um, a, fem- a female character in uh, the real world but a male character in the matrix i see um and there's kind of a hint of that but i don't think they really Mm. made a big deal of that which i think is a a real shame Mm because switch is one of those characters that you just don't really care about um they don't spend a lot of time with switch it's a sad scene when they're like killing those characters it's a bit sad yeah it is a bit sad, but we don't care too much about no it's mainly a pock if we're honest that no it's mainly about um, the t- bringing up the tension that they might kill the characters yeah, that you do yeah, care about. Right, exactly. <laughs> they use as tension builders. Yeah, it's quite brutal. But the the name Switch then makes sense. That's if right. That was the point. Yeah. Like, yeah. So what? Female in the Matrix and male in the quite quite. I think real it was world. the other way around. Or I think. Way but um, yeah, it doesn't really matter. But yeah, yeah. that's quite interesting, isn't it? Mm, that um, is interesting. Cool. Well, yeah, because and... of the idea of it being like residual self-image, so it's like when he goes into the Matrix, he, he he's not bald anymore; like he has his hair and no mm. plugs, okay. um, because of what you want to be. So that's cool. Mm. What you want to see yourself as. Yeah, and mm. and that leads to a particular reading of the Matrix if we think about the Switch character. But I feel like it if it was mm. going to be a lot about that, then they should have made. A bit more of that character because I think yeah, it would be no, quite interesting. Yeah. Um, so yes, yeah, so that this is when Morpheus then kind of gives Neo the lowdown of it all, talks about the history of it all, you know, so far as what they know. Um, interestingly, if you really like the Matrix, there's a little set of short animations called Animatrix, which mm-hmm. we bought. A few years ago, and I, I just watched one of those actually called The Renaissance Part One and Two, and it actually goes into the deeper history of how machines ended up 
taking over the world. So that's a really cool watch. I don't. You might be able to get it, see it on YouTube now. It's been out a yeah. long time, but um, yeah, it's really it's really cool. There's a couple of really nice animations in that. Um, Renaissance Part One and Two. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so Morpheus gives as much as he can the history that he knows. Um, Welcome and... to the desert of the real. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. He's a he's he was definitely a theatre major wherever Morpheus went to college. <laughs> mm. He's right. got a flair for yeah. the dramatic. Definitely. Yeah. And at some point it all gets a bit too much for poor old Neo and He voms and he, passes he wants out. To get out. Yeah. And, and, and he, he's yeah. gonna pop. And they say that they don't normally do it to someone that right. old because he's in his 30s and the mind has trouble letting go is what's That's said right. which is yeah. interesting and i think it's interesting in the way that opposite to the cult life reading in that i think a lot of people seem to leave around 30 ish mm. um which i guess would the reason i imagine that is because you finally are out being independent on your own and you've had time to think for the first time but yeah Mm. Um, yeah, there's this idea of, I guess, like mind's plasticity in the Matrix, of like how well you cope coming out. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Um, and he says to him, I didn't say it would be easy, Neo. I, I just said it would be the truth. So, mm. um, and I think, you know, absolutely we can, we can parallel that with the experience of coming out. Yeah, I think it ends up being the right thing, but it's hard mm, at the beginning. That's right. And, like, and, people and are course, grateful for the process, but absolutely. it's hard. Um, because Morpheus says, you know, um, well, Neo says, I can't go back, can I? And, and Morpheus says, if you could, would you? Mm. Um, would you and that's be in- po- po- me? Would you po Indeed. me, Neo? Would you po me? Mm. Yeah. We could do a scene like that, couldn't we? Neo, would you po me? Yeah. Um, or would you do what Cypher does, which is to go back a deal. Mm. and have your memory erased of it all? So, yeah, because he doesn't just want to go back, he wants to be blissfully ignorant. That's right, exactly. Yeah, because that's the problem is you can't just go back to the way things were because you'll always know it's mm. whether or not you can, yeah, so you, it will never be what, what it was. You can choose to go back, but it won't be what it was before. And I think that's that resonates with me personally. I mean, I, I used to have, I don't have it much these days. And I honestly think it's because I I do much more of this sort of thing now. I talk about it. But mm. for a long time, I'd have this recurring dream. Do you remember? Yeah. Um, you might have heard me kind of wake up shouting or just be very disturbed. And I'd have this recurring dream. And it was kind of around this idea of um, just sticking to, you know, doing the odd root call doing the odd thing just never really leaving properly but mm. just being a, a nominal jehovah's witness and that's kind of i could i do that because it would make my family happy and it would be less trouble and i could speak to everybody and mm-hmm. everything would be okay um and every now and again i i used to have this dream where that's what i that's where i was i was doing that mm. um yeah, it was quite it was quite strange um so i think yeah i can i can definitely sort of recognize that would you really want to and that's your brain exercising that as an option exactly. like, nope not massively thanks exactly yeah um 
Yeah, so um, I, I think that's really interesting. We, we Again, we get more religious symbolism because we hear about Zion, mm. um, which obviously has biblical connotations. This is, the, this is the place, you know, the sort of saviour place, if you like, the place for um, salvation and um, so on. Um, and then we just have a bit of fun stuff, don't we? Because we, we get to see uh, Neo fighting. We Morpheus have some footy, yes. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> um i know kung fu show me yes. um and that is my favorite scene so i'm not i've never been one really for violence violence on films and tv and stuff i don't really love that but so i'm not martial arts is fun though. but i love the martial arts stuff i absolutely love it the fight fantastic scene, sound design it's just superb and that that one in that room uh or in the you know the construct or whatever Mm. Um, or the training simulation, I think it is. It's just fantastic that scene. I can watch that over and over again. I even fr- froze the frame. This is going back like ten years. I froze the frame, and I drew a picture of one of that scene. Those scenes we found it the other day, actually, in a frame under the bed. Yeah, you know what? That's way. That's more than ten years ago. Because that, that's when I was fifteen. Yeah. You did that when I was yeah. a child. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Mm. It's an old film, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, yeah, so there's all this struggle. So, you know, I can free your mind, Neo, but I can only show you the door. You're the and he doesn't one like it for a long time. It. He's pretty pissed about the whole thing. Exactly, yeah. We mm. get the jump. I think the jump's quite interesting because, again, we can we can parallel that with efforts. When you first leave a high-control group, you know, you do make efforts to do certain things and you fall flat on your face. Mm. Um, I think things like building friendships and maybe relationships and... You don't All know what to do like yet. It takes time. Yeah. Got to be gentle with yourself. Because he's like they say, it, no one does it the first time. Exactly. Exactly. So I think that's kind of nice. That makes you feel, yeah, you know, even Neo fell flat on his face the first time. Yeah. Because um, he didn't believe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's quite funny. I mean, he doesn't get to do much comedy in this film, but mm. there's a kind of nice little bit of comedy there because I think Keanu Reeves is actually a great he's comedy very actor. Yeah, um, yeah. And, of course, when he's just getting ready to jump, you know, free my mind, free my mind. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of funny that. I like that. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get a little, uh, I think, one of the moral dilemmas and the ethical problems with this film. So I think there's a real ethical problem with this film, mm. and that is the way that we treat people who are still in the Matrix. Mm. Um, so we have a little speech where Morpheus says, you know, most people aren't ready to be unplugged. They just, you know, they, they're so hopelessly enamored by it all that, that you know, they, they can't. They, they live their lives. And basically anybody that's in the Matrix is is potentially an agent. Mm-hmm. Um, and that technology, an enemy. yeah. So, um, so essentially, it's okay to shoot them all, you know. Yeah, <laughs> collateral damage, you know. And we also have this bit of pseudoscience nonsense where if you kill somebody in the Matrix, they die in the real world. Which, um, when we get to Inception, the film Inception, obviously they they completely go the other way with that, and they mm-hmm. wake up when they get shot. Mm-hmm. But in the Matrix, um, if you get killed in the Matrix, you die in the real world, which it's a bit silly, really, but um, it's what it is. That's it, the contrivance for the, you work exactly. With it. it works for the conceit of the film, um, which is is fine. Um, 
but yeah, so I think that's a bit of a problem. So uh, he kind of explains why why it's going to be okay to shoot people and so on. But I do think that's a problem mm. with the with the morality element of I the film. Really. When you're taking like a reading of XJW, it kind of yeah, you know how some people talk about instead of the organization, like they talk about all witnesses as basically being like evil and yeah you know agents of badness but yeah. like you said most of them are just filing rank and file people doing what they think's right and i think that's that's something that you know when you have when when i've had witnesses knock on the door there is a part of me that wants to just give them a good telling off you know mm-hmm. um but but they're not they, they're, they're, they're not just the problem they're in that that aren't they they're in that goo yeah. chamber yeah <laughs> it's not yeah. their fault um so uh, obviously i try to talk to them but I, I try not to get angry with them because it's not them and they're just they're in this sleep state essentially mm. um yeah um cypher says why why didn't i take the blue pill which is obviously a, a bit of a shout forward to what he's going to do mm-hmm. Um, and I think there are times when you leave a high control situation when, you know, you do think, did I do the right thing? You know, it's, mm-hmm. it, and, and of course the answer is yes, but it's still sometimes hard. Yeah. Um, and another scene that I think is quite interesting is when um, Neo's in the car and he's, he's they're driving to see the Oracle and he's looking at all the places he used to go. Mm. And they they all look a bit different to him now. And he's you know is that I used to eat over there. I used to do this and I used to do that. And good now they're a bit different. Mm. So again, good noodles. Good noodles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then, it, but he looks a bit sad, and Trinity looks a bit sad with him. Yeah, it's like a knowing. That's right. Yeah, she knows what he's going through there. I guess it shows you the benefit of camaraderie with other exes in the. Yeah, they just get it, and you can be like Absolutely. good noodles, and they know why you're saying that. Yes, that's right. Yeah, mm. yeah. So that's quite an interesting one. Then we get the um, the oracle scene, and of course, we love the oracle, don't we? She. What's fantastic. really gonna twist your noodle is would you have done that if I hadn't said anything? <laughs> so yes. that was a that was a wonderful moment in our relationship as a, mm-hmm. a kid. Mm-hmm. because i remember watching that film i don't know where you were you were somewhere else and visiting i remember saying family, yeah. visiting family i remember texting to you saying i'm watching the mm-hmm. and we kind of went through it you know so Did some quotes, and, yeah, and yeah. then that's when you said that and i thought oh yeah she's she's a cool daughter <laughs> uh, she she's got all the um the best the, quotes the, the quotes mm-hmm. um so that was really cool it's one of those moments as a dad when you really think oh i'm really connecting with my daughter oh, that's great yeah um, <laughs> now we have fun. a podcast <laughs> um yeah and of course you know we have the um again we have this pseudo philosophy stuff with uh uh, the kid with the uh, the bald head and the the little buddha there is no spoon yeah do not try to bend the spoon that's impossible (laughs) yeah well because it's like remember that it's i guess like if you want to use it allegorically you could say like you know you're trying to contrive as to why the Noah's Ark thing works. And it's like, <laughs> stop trying to make Noah's Ark work. There is no Ark. <laughs> do you see what I mean? I do. So I it's like, like when you're like, oh, this it. is how it is. So it would have had to be this big and you can fit mm. this many and you do all the logic. Mm. And it's like, stop trying to logic it out. There is no Ark. Yeah. Ridic- That's a really good point. Yeah, absolutely. 
no I, I like that go with that mm. yeah so you can kind of contort your whole way of thinking about something to try and make it make sense when it doesn't yeah well the whole thing Absolutely. is there there literally is no spoon it's just code it can do whatever yeah um and then there's a there's a in, then we get in to see the oracle and she's making cakes which is brilliant you know first time you watch it you're expecting some mm. um i don't know some well, white she's just a grandma man, making cookies with her, with her, with her kids yeah. yeah and it's but she's just so smart and um oh she's witty and fun she's funny and yeah i love that character and i love that actor unfortunately she died didn't she after the second mm, one i think yeah. so we got a different actor for the third mm-hmm. of those who i mean she's a perfectly fine actor but just wasn't mm. the oracle as far as i was concerned um but she she does the bit with the vase but also she says to him about the tenet nos Tenet Noski, Noski, uh, know thyself. Mm. Uh, this is so important for ex-Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, this is about this whole identity piece. This is the thing I keep banging on about. Uh, I talked about it yesterday with um, with producer Bob and with Jordan on the bonus podcast about you know understanding who you are and the battle to do that and. Um, so I think that that really fits nicely. You know, part of his journey, what he's got to do is mm. get to know who he is. Yeah, you know, sure, he is the one, but that applies to everybody. This is, you know, this is something that we all have to go We're through. We're all the lead character in our own story. Indeed. Yeah, so he's coming out of, of his own cult, I suppose, a cult mm. of unrealness or unreality. Um, yeah, so that's a good scene. And then we flick a bit forward to the time when Cypher is going to betray them. So what can you remember about the betrayal? Well, it's very much just he wants to get this perfect life back, which I highly doubt is even possible. I think they're just saying whatever and then they'll kill him. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he's just sort of going on about i think he feels like he's been sucked into morpheus's cult to be honest yeah that's a reading of this i think i was going to say actually that there is another reading which you can switch it and say actually this is about being recruited into a cult Mm. 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 but obviously i mean i don't think that's a reading you can do that reading but i don't live there um no me neither but, you but could, you're right. I think, I think he thinks, thinks that. that. Yeah, he mm. thinks that. I think mm. um, Cypher was a bad choice for bringing out into the real world. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm. Um, so he he gives away the position, and they yeah they they get caught. And there's a there's a little thing in there which always annoys me. Um, the cats, the black cat. Yeah, deja when vu. You see it twice, and he says, "Oh, deja vu." Well, that's not deja vu, is it? I guess in that world, that's what deja vu is, Dad. <laughs> we'll just accept that. Um, there's, I suppose, um, we're getting close to to the hour now. But one thing I do, yeah. would like to focus on before we finish would be, uh, you know, when Morpheus is caught and they're trying to hack his mind, and that's mm. cool. If you if you read the agents as elders, if that was mm. a judicial committee, he's mm. been caught. They're trying to like, yeah hack his brain like make him think the way that he should again break him yeah Mm. absolutely no that's a good one Mm. yeah um 
Yeah, I mean, that whole scene is great, stupid. You've got the, the massive Gatling gun sort of thing that he's got firing away into that it's room. It's the one, it's fine. <laughs> well, it's not, it's Morpheus. He's no, sat no, on that no, chair. No, but Neo's firing it and okay. is therefore, it's fine because he just <laughs> is so the one and good that it just misses Morpheus every time. Yeah, that's oh, it. God. Um, yeah. And um, I suppose I've not got so much. I know you said we're coming up to an hour mm. now, but um, really what what then happens is a lot of fighting and there's a lot of um, kind of exciting stuff around. It's all the set pieces at this it's point. It's the set yeah. pieces, yeah. It's all the big finish, really. We get some, we should get some great fight scenes between Neo and Agent Smith. Um, and again, there's a... Again, think about the the parallel track here of Neo being a kind of messianic figure. Neo dies mm. and he's brought back, back to life yeah. again. So again, this is a kind of messianic Jesus Christ type figure. Um, so, you know, you can read it that way as well. Mm. Um, and yeah, we, we, we hear the, you know, the, the phrase, he's beginning to believe because he's now mm. accepting that he is... The one. He, he is the one, but um, yeah, interesting stuff. Mm. Um, so yeah, obviously there's three movies. We're we're not going to talk about all three. Mm. This particular movie ends where, um, you know, he he kind of prevails, mm. but he's got some work to do in the future, which we'll see. Mm. Um, so that we hear the term waking up quite a lot in the XJW community, you know. Um, but you also hear this term waking up um, mm. with conspiracy theories, you know, wake up sheeple, you know, <laughs> we're actually yeah, being controlled yeah. by our reptilian overlords, you know, mm. wake up sheeple. So this term wake up is is one that is used a lot. So this is one of the kind of things around the matrix and this type of story is that it can be used in lots of different ways. Um, and so it is kind of used by people who often talk about conspiracy and so on. Um, it's also used by this kind of masculine, you know, some people would describe it as misogynist men's movement called red mm. pilling, mm. which seems to be focused around um, trying to push against feminism and saying that basically men are the, are the is the party now that's being, um suppressed mm. um but the men seem to be very much uh, this is going back now probably about 10 years there was a subreddit um around this and it became quite big um and there was a lot of men talking about how to better themselves to be able to have more sex with women but they were angry mm -hmm. with women because women seemed to be able to get away with whatever they wanted to you know and it was always privileging mm. women and so on so this is a i guess this is the angry man subject that i've kind of wanted to talk about a little bit um at some point so maybe we 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 save that for another day yeah, but there is good. something happening there and i think it's also morphed into some of the other things that are happening around you know pushing against some of the progressive uh narratives that we we talk about from time to time so let's not go into that kind of rabbit hole because i think it, mm. it requires a lot of care and thought to talk about but there's definitely something there and that's called red pilling so this is the idea that we're that men are have been 
um, that there's a tyranny against men and that basically, you know, this is that we're being forced into a type of behavior and attitude mm. by women. You, you understand that I don't, you know, this is not something I subscribe to, um, but just reading up about what this is, I found it it's quite the interesting. Again. I think this could well, well be either where they came from or a kind of offshoot, because it does mm. sound very similar to this, this kind of slightly confused and actually pretty sad um, mm. way of thinking about the sexes uh, personally or you know or the way that we interact with with um, yeah with having relationships you know but anyway that's something for another time um, and the the other one which is quite interesting so there's that there's the red pill movement and recently I think just last year uh, Lily Wachowski obviously one of the makers of the film um, did a little video uh, talking about the fact that for her it's a story of transitioning from um, you know as a, as she was a man and now she transitioned to a woman um, along with her sister and so for her that was the tyranny it was being in the wrong body it was mm. being the wrong gender and it was part of that so for her that's what that's what this story is mm -hmm. but again she makes the point that death of the author you know people will Read make what it what they, they will mm. yeah but it's kind of interesting so that's the complete opposite in many respects to this red pill movement that mm -hmm. is um so i think it's one of those really interesting areas where you can you can impose upon it kind of whatever you like and obviously we've done that with this reading with xjw or x cult member coming out of a group and sort of understanding the the real world but yeah interesting mm. stuff super interesting have you got anything else you want to say about it i think we've done a good deep dive there really. we have done a very deep dive it's quite different to what we would normally do i hope it's interesting i think um, so i think we've done stuff like this before and people have liked it so. yeah so if you don't let us know but be nice mm. and um we'll <laughs> we won't do it again but i think it's kind of it's kind of fascinating so um so because obviously we spent quite a lot of time on this we'll save tweet of the week until next time mm -hmm. um but it's been absolutely brilliant talking to you about the matrix Celine. yeah very good i've enjoyed it and it forced me to watch it again you know it's like you know it's a hard the job but somebody's got to do it <laughs> um yeah, so that was great. Lovely. So, um, yeah, thank you very much. And um, don't forget to like, subscribe, follow. Review. Review. All those things. That's great if you can. Uh, thank you very much and see you next time. Bye. Bye. What Should I Think About is an Evil Sheep production. <laughs>